Welcome everyone, we are about to begin with Hashem BPJ number 45, that's Bias Panimi, joint share for both men and women, share number 35. We're in the book, Eight Dates, by John and Julie Gottman and Doug and Rachel Abrams, discussing date number three, which is, um, to let's get it on, about sex and intimacy. And last year we talked about very, very important summaries, it's good to review that share, and we're going to continue this topic. Um for another shear or two, and then go on to the next date, Be'ezus Hashem. The idea here is to discuss this concept of maintaining this deep friendship, maintaining this romance in a healthy way, the sexual connection, the physical intimacy, to give each other pleasure and warmth and love, and to reflect on the shiurim that were given in the last few shiurim. Think of ideas that could spark conversations and thoughts of how you want the sexual aspects to be and the passion and the rituals of connection that you have. For some people, the idea of a sexual intimacy is hard to talk about. People try to avoid it for many, many ways, which has very little to do with frumkite and more to do with one's personality or one's previous experiences or fears or vulnerabilities. And one needs to explore, to explain why it's too hard, which we're going to go into t- discussing that a little bit here to try to break that because it's really an unhealthy thing. And it's not really a matter of... It, it's bra- it takes a bravery and courage as mature adults to finally talk about this. And what happens a lot, again, it's not just when it's awkward with a from couple, chasen teacher, kalen teacher, it's right after the marriage, right after Sheva Brachis and... You know, and now, you know, to acclimate to each other, that's understandable. It takes a while to get used to connecting. But we're talking about people that are married for many, many uh, years, even where they never got comfortable with this area. And that's the people that we're pleading to now. People are married for over five years, 10 years, 20 years, beyond that, to be machadish yourselves, to realize that this is a very important connection and work on developing that connection. It's very important. Dates um, have these romantic places to go to. Um, try to go on vacations, even minor vacations, and figure out ways where you could truly, truly enhance that romantic connection. The idea of certain nights when intimacy is possible to dress beautifully and 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 to discuss physical intimacy, to tune into that physical experience, and to connect with one another. Sometimes you could go have these dates outside of the house. Sometimes you could have these dates at home to arrange a place. You know, kids are sleeping, or you figure it out, no one's home at all, and to figure out ways to enhance it at home as well. We talked last time about the trust. Trust means that you trust each other, that you would never hurt each other, and you would keep their private things that they're telling you sacred. It's just for your, your ears only, for your husband's ears only, for your wife's ears only. That creates a trust. Sometimes if a couple, just them, go to confidential, and Baruch Hashem, there are many confidential coaches, professionals, and Rabbanim. If you know a Rav has experience and wisdom in these areas, and you're aware of it, and a husband and wife says, you know, maybe we need a little help with this. And we go, don't be ashamed, especially Baruch Hashem. And again, this is something that 
it's sometimes a misconception with many Rabbanim. They're very open-minded. Sometimes they speak in a way as a klal to speak publicly about guidelines of things that you think that they're out of touch with the vulnerable aspects of a relationship. But the truth is when you meet them one-on-one, you realize that they really, really get it and they really want to connect. So again, you need to do research, find the right person. But if you heard and was told that this particular Rav helped with Shalom Bayis greatly, including the physical aspects of it, then it's safe to the two of you together to go to that person, to that Rav or mentor, and to get advice and tips on how to enhance that physical intimate uh, aspects. It is not a small thing. It is not a cheap thing. It is not something to take for granted, especially when the sexual aspects doesn't come easily for you. And it's understandable why it doesn't come easily for you. Sometimes it's hard, but one needs to be open on what you like sexually, not to be vague. This is a concept also with tzniyas, that you have to speak in a very refined way. And we're told, especially on the woman's side, not to be overly direct. But you could, you could ask a Rav de Shaila, you know, whatever it is. There are many, many situations where because of this uh, idea using tzniyas in the improper way, you're so vague about something where the husband has no, he's not a mind reader and will never be able to figure out what you mean and what you like and what you don't like. And here is where you want to ask a Shaila to Rav, you know, somehow privately or to a Rebetzin, you ask, but most of them will tell you. I'll be shocked if not all of them tell you that, this is, of course, is a refined way of saying things. You know, you, you don't use the language of the streets. You use healthy language, but you need to be direct and to be open. I enjoy this. I know enjoy when you touch me this way and you touch me that way. This makes me feel good, this and so on and so forth. And we said also, as a tzniyas, it is not unhealthy. It is a healthy thing where during a physical intimate act, you guide his hand when you're in this um, um, experience to where you want to be touched and how you want to be touched and you guide him through it. And he learns this. Again, I want to say about husbands in general to wives. It's very important to understand. Again, we talked about, we're not going to get into this discussion at length, that this erroneous mistake that people make about many men because they're visually oriented and stereotypically they're the higher libido person and they have sex on their minds a lot. To think that they're one-dimensional animals is such a false notion. Um, and we're going to go into that at a different time. But the idea being, though, is that this is also a misconception that when they, they, they need, it's important to know that they want to emotionally connect with you. And this is how they, they, they need that sexual experience to feel and experience that emotion. It's the opposite of a woman very often that needs the emotional connection in order to feel safe to be intimate. A, a, a husband, the way they're wired generally, is they need the physical connection to awaken in them that emotional experience. And very often it may seem selfish, but deep inside of him, there's nothing more than he wants than to give you pleasure, to make you feel good. Don't go by the chitainius. 
Don't assume because he's into it and he's enjoying it and he always wants to be with you that it's always me, 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 selfish, selfish, selfish. That is a very false notion with many, many husbands that are misinterpreted by their wives. And, and believe me, I'm talking from both sides. There are many things that people misinterpret about women. And we talk about it a lot in the Shiorim, especially in the Vais Primi for men, about how they need to understand women better. And in the Vais Primi women, how they need to understand men better. It goes both ways. But and we're talking about this Prat right now where... The, 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 to know that the husband, as much as he's interested in the sexual experience with his wife, a deep, deep dimension of it is nothing to do with selfishness. He wants to give. And when you open up your heart and your mind, the wife, and explain to him, guide his hand where he needs to be guided, explaining explicitly, in a sneeistic way, but explicitly, what you need, he'll be happy to want to give. That's very, very important. If you don't know, you may not know, you know, if you're too vague, they might know what you're talking about. So you need to ask if they, you need clarification, you need to ask, you need to communicate, use words that are comfortable. Again, there's sneeistic or more healthy words to use. There's ways to discuss um, sexual activity about anatomy and about positions or whatever else you do. There's a way to discuss it in a refined way, but it needs to be in a direct way. It needs to be where there's no misunderstanding. So often just simply explaining what you want in a very clear way takes away so much agmas nefesh, takes away so much misconceptions. Also to be open-minded to whatever turns on your husband or wife. Never judge them for their vulnerabilities of what they really want to turn themselves on to what makes them feel good and what they want to wear and what they, how they want to act. Never ever, when you never ever judge them because that creates a gap when they think you're going to judge them, when they think you're going to make fun of them, when you're going to, that you're going to think that they are a lower person because they feel that they have the sexual needs. That takes creates a distance. There needs to be a very deep, deep, deep respect of a husband to wife and wife to husband, and to know this is part of how way Hakadosh Baruch Hu created us. He created us with a need for food and drink. And we said many times, although technically, on a technical sense, you could, you know, you, you could live without having sexual expression. But that's not how way Hakadosh Baruch Hu designed it. He implanted deeply in men and women the need for that sexual connection, and it's not just about nisyanis. This is one of the also biggest misconceptions about things to think that Hashem put these pleasures in here just for. Uh, just for testing people and just to make people struggle with their evil inclination. Absolutely not. These pleasures are meant to be directed in a healthy way. They're not there for no reason. They're there for, and they're not just there to combat it. They're there to channel it in a healthy way. So therefore, it's very important to be open-minded, to be loyal and trusting, and never, ever make fun, not even in your mind, never make fun of any vulnerability that your wife or husband expresses to you about what turns them on and how they get turned on sexually and what they need to hear from you and what they need, how they need you to talk. And, and, don't, and, 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 and they guide your hands to where they want to be touched. All of this is a healthy, healthy thing. And again, when they're not in the mood so much, we talked in the other shiurim about the healthy ways of 
saying no, the healthy ways of accepting a no. But now I'm talking about even if no is not, it's not no. It's they're having intimacy. But the truth is, it's not always perfect. Some of them may be more in the mood than the other one. To also be accepting and loving and caring about that. Not to get angry about it. Not to get upset about it. Separate discussion about not to get upset when one of them is very tired and sort of says no and how the other one to handle it. We talked about it in other shiurim. We'll continue to talk about it in other shiurim. Now I'm talking about a different situation where it's not, they're not saying no to one another. They are agreeing to be intimate and they are intimate, but there is a different levels of one being more into it and one less in any given night to understand that and to be accepting of that, not to feel hurt by that. That just life happens. Not everyone will be in an equal mood. Uh, you know, whatever whatever it is. And again, we it's this big shikla because some may feel if we're not in the right mode, not in the perfect mood, we'll postpone it. The danger of doing that is if you start doing this postponing thing, it becomes eventually non-existent. So it's better very often, even if it's not ideal, if it's part of your schedule, however you worked it out between yourselves, to keep that going, even if one or both of you are not in the greatest moods, or both of you are somewhat tired, to still be intimate, because to keep that going, and to understand and be accepting and loving, even when it's not, you know, uh, when one of them is not fully into it, or, or, or one more than the other, and to understand that's not, don't take it personally, and just recognize it's part of life. And you think about what what makes it easier, what turns you on, what can enhance your passion towards one another, what's maybe code languages, what's the better, better way, you know, when you want to show and express that you want to have physical intimacy to explain where and how you would like to be touched and and the favorite times that to be physical intimate and and positions and things like that. And if there's something sexually you want to, you always wanted to try, you never asked. Sometimes if you're not comfortable, you're not sure how logically you talk to a Rav who talks about it, you, you could talk to about it, to do things, what can make your physical, intimate life better. It's no different than wanting to improve any given area in life. There is no difference. Just like you want to work on making your life better, let's say on working on Shmir Shabbos better, or to enhance your Shabbos table should be better with singing more Zemiris and infusing the kids with more Devei Taira, or there's too much Lashon Hara, whatever you learn, Chafetz Chaim, how to work together and make that aspect better, on Midas Taivas towards each other to make that aspect better or to keep halacha better, or to keep Shabbos better, or to keep Erev Shabbos better, you know, getting the licht out early, preparing for Shabbos earlier. Anything you're doing in your married life or in your family home with your wife, with your husband, with your children, to make life better, beruchnius, this is no less important how to make your sex life better. It is no less important than any other aspect of life, of how to make your learning better, how to make your davening better, how do you make your connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu better? How do you become more generous and give more tzedakah than you need to give better? How do you work more erlich better? And how do you um, enhance your Bein Al-Nechaveri better? And how do you make your sex life better? You could put it in the same sentence. It is part of life like any other part of life. And it is equally and sometimes even more important. And not to put it down like it's a very low thing. 
And this is very often something that people have feel guilt complexes a lot, especially when things are going on. If you're under, like Nebuch, this person is not well, or a parent is not well, or, or, or other things are going on. How could I think about sex life now? What is this? This is so superficial. It's so down there. Like, I'm thinking about that type of stuff when all this is going on. Klai Yisrael is suffering, and, 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 and so many things need to, need to be done. There's no difference. The bottom line is, is that this is an important not to be dismissed, not to be ignored. And people run away from it. They think it's from Kite, but it's not. So the idea is of this, Yesoid, we're probably going to have just one more shear on this topic. And then we'll go on to date number four. And that is to commit to create romantic, healthy, Tyradika-based romantic rituals to connect, to create more passion outside of the bedroom by expressing affection and love, and inside the bedroom to kiss each other, even six seconds, seven seconds, eight seconds, like very deeply, very often, and explore sexuality, renew sexuality, discuss it when it needs to be discussed, you're not comfortable about something, you know, one of you or both of you are not comfortable, one of you wants something, the other one's not comfortable. There's sometimes the emotional aspects that you work through. If you think there's a halachic issue, you talk to a Rav about it. You talk to a Rav about it. This is very, very, very important that that very often it goes both ways. Sometimes you, you feel you want to do something and you think it may be not permitted, and a Pisic will tell you it's no problem whatsoever, or in your situation, it's important to do. You know, whatever it is, you know, you find the right person, you know, you learn from experience of who, who, who what and when, who has helped other couples in the past in these type of areas. And you go to that person and ask their guidance if you're not sure. And they help guide you through it and to remove those unhealthy barriers, to understand what real frumkite is. And very often our reservations, I'm talking about within marriage. I'm not talking about on the, on the streets and everything else. You have your Shmira Seinayim, you have your boundaries, you're very strong, and, 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 and you keep the Kedusha full, full force, and in the home full, full force. But when it comes to the connection with your own husband and your own wife, very often the holding back seems to be Kedusha, and it's the opposite of Kedusha. It takes courage, vulnerability, being a healthy adult, being an Erlich to have these type of dates that we're talking about today to enhance the sexual experience between a husband and wife that is key, that is important to sustain a marriage. And, to, and, and it flows both ways. It helps in all other areas of life and all other areas of life improve, improve when this improves and it goes both ways. Bracha Natslacha.